Welcome everyone to Harmony Beats Balance. Today's special episode, the dual cast podcast and radio show has the number one, and I mean first, guest from Subtle Smarter Podcast. This was three seasons ago, the infamous, the awesome, my dear friend, Gary Campbell. Welcome to the show. Gosh, thank you, Dana, for having me back. My goodness, I can't believe it's been that long. And I was the first guest. Oh my God. First and not last that I can promise my dear listeners. So I promised you all those seasons ago, I'd have you back and life has sure changed over the last two years in particular, two and a half with our friend, the Rona. So let's talk about your life today. So you wear so many hats. We talked about that the first show and you're still wearing so many hats. However, Maybe the way you put your hat on has changed. What has changed, Gary, from then to now? And just for new listeners, describe all these hats that you wear and go beyond career. Remember, you have other facets. Go. Yeah. Well, so the last time we talked, it was the CEO hat, the chief executive officer of Johnson Health Center, which is a federally qualified health center here in Lynchburg, Virginia. And you're familiar with that because of your work at Half Moon Bay some years back. Uh, and Dana, you spoke at our health center as one of uh, did a keynote for us uh, as well in front of our staff, which was uh, we will we'll never forget that. So I'm still leading our health center. We are larger than ever. We had a historically uh, highly productive year last year and coming out of COVID and also am the uh, still am running Impact Lead, which is the consulting business, which I do a lot of leadership development, speaking and then. Uh, more executive coaching now than I was doing before. So that's, I'm still doing those things, was doing those things then. I am now uh, into business with my son and we are in looking to do some real estate uh, development work. He's killing me. Um, I got to make sure I'm living harmony uh, as well as I possibly can, thanks to you. So I'm very busy. Things have gotten pretty busy. Life on the personal front has shifted a little bit since then, but you know, I think trying to make sure we st- keep everything in balance. I am still very active uh, in terms of athletics and sporting events for older people like myself. And um, that is where I do strike that harmony to its fullest. Let me just tell you. And there's something restaurant like involved mm-hmm. in your life. Tell our listeners about that pizza. So, <laughs> yeah. So in the Southeast region and now starting to expand out into the, into the Midwest is a place called Mellow Mushroom. It's It's been around since 1974. They're based out of Atlanta, Georgia, and it really started on university settings where uh, it was more of a, a college campus type thing, cult type of thing with colleges. And then it has expanded out and it really has a, a large following. And so my son was very interested in this four years ago and convinced me to go into business with him. And now we're in the pizza business. It is a higher quality food. So we love, we, you know, I do watch what I take in these days, but this is one, uh, this is one little uh, pet, I guess that's a little thing I let happen and I probably shouldn't more than it, than it does, but eating Italian food more often now than then because of my work with him on this pizza venture. So that is, has been fun so far. I have, what I've learned about this Dana, since you ask is that we have implemented core values into the restaurant business, much as we have at this health center. And I can't begin to tell you this core value thing is universally transferable. 
And we've got some of the greatest young staff on board. We, we get so many reviews on how these young people are really beyond their years in terms of how they treat each other and how they treat the customers. And that's not by accident. And so it is really, we've enjoyed the heck out of that. And that just, that gives me pure joy every time we walk in there. So let's talk about core values. So when we're on this show, one thread is the Aloha spirit and ribbon that we wrap around everyone. Well, what's inside of that? We've unpacked that over the last couple of shows has a lot to do with core values, the way you treat people with integrity, the way that you are treated in exchange with kindness, the way we give without expecting receiving. And sometimes it's also important to receive, you know, the way we collaborate where your experience and mine together equal better. We move further, faster together. So talk to us about core values and how you thread those through, because those have been inside of you as long as I've known Mm -hmm. you. This is not about business. This is about Gary, the man. Yeah. Per- and, person. And I think that's why you and I have done so well together over these years is we're, we're very similar souls in that respect. It's really, you know, if there's, I guess, two words, servant leadership and really trying to add value to people's lives is just something we're very passionate about. I'm very passionate about, you're very passionate about. And what drives a sense of that is what values do you hold near and dear to your heart that will, you will never compromise. And what I've tried to do with those values is to instill those values and into the people I do business with, people I do life with, and then the work that I do in the, like the health center that I run, we dropped those values into here back in 2011 and really brought them to life in 2014 when I took over. And when I tell you that it, I don't like to use the word, it's a privilege to work here, but I think it's a privilege for me to work here. It's a privilege for all of us to be part of something that's bigger than just us individually, but you have to all be you have your value system has to be aligned with the with the organization's value system because if it's not, then we're all going to have incongruent ways in which we go about doing our work, and then we put ourselves above the greater good. So that's where the value system is so very important in my own personal life. I won't compromise my own personal values for any gain whatsoever that's not aligned with those values. Nor do I expect my leaders to do that, nor do I expect my health center to do that or the restaurant that I'm part of now to do that. So that's where values are so very important and ingrained in my life at every single aspect of what happens. And obviously you have passed this down to your children. There's no doubt. I had the great privilege of having a meal and meeting with, I believe it was two of your kids when I was there. You did. At least. (laughs) At least. He has so many. I only have three. (laughs) And they are the greatest there to me. They're just, we, um, we have a unique group. And I think I shared with you, I'm getting ready to build a boutique hotel with my son. Uh, I was on uh, the he said first. real estate listeners. I'm yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah. Now he's saying boutique hotel and everything hotel. else. So don't get intimidated. You too can be Gary Campbell. Go ahead, Gary. Oh yeah, don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. But we were, all, I was, I was on a call just before this call with uh, an owner in Wilmington, North Carolina, who has a very similar thing. And we were talking about our close knit families and sort of the value driven approach that we do. And I think they were, they were very similar. So we hit, we hit it off right instantly, kind of like you and I are, because again, values and how our family rolls into this. And that kind of goes back to the five facets you speak to as well. Look at you, Gary, going for the bonus point. So here's what we're going to do because we say core values or mission and things like that. And for non-corporate types or young up-and-comers or people that are maybe a little disadvantaged or even underserved or underrepresented, they don't always associate those words. So what is one core value 
that you have threaded throughout everything you touch, everywhere you show up, everywhere you go? Name one, Gary. The driving the driving value for me is is the integrity piece. It's doing it's doing things the right way all the time. Whether your people see you or they don't see you, and if you do something that's that's not aligned with that value of integrity, and it's truly a value, you will be convicted of it internally, of of compromising that value. And I'll always say this, Dana, is when we when we compromise a value, if we truly hold a value that's near and dear, and we we talk about a value that's near and dear to us, but yet we'll compromise it, that's not really a value. And then the the, the credibility that you hope to gain with whoever you're doing life with is that is down a notch or two when people can see through that um, that artificial authenticity. Now that is exactly right. It is artificial authenticity. It is in authenticity. We talk about that every single week on this show. So we want you now to take your time that you understand our definition, core values. We want you to actually dig deep and really realize for yourself, what is that first thing that comes to mind when it comes to your own personal, never to be compromised value? And we're going to play some music. and we're back. Wouldn't it be fun if they were actually in a live stream and we could see all the words and combinations of words that came up for people? Yeah. Wouldn't that be I nice? Can, I can imagine a few. I can imagine um, honesty. I can imagine trustworthiness, um, faith. Um, yes. Just yes. So many that, spirituality. I can just see so many that, you know, again, it's, it's really what's here and it's what's in the heart. Respect is always a big one too. And you know, and hard chargers like us has been excellent. Um, there's a lot of things, but it's really what, you know, there's really what it means in your own heart. And I think that's the thing that I would just, that's something we all have. I mean, that's, that is a common theme that can string us all together is that we all have values. Yes. Yes. And when you're doing life, as you put it, and we just love that on this show, do life with Gary. He's mm-hmm. everywhere doing everything with integrity. That's the difference. Right. If you're this hard charger who's all about, you know, the money and not about humanity, it's pretty empty. Let's face it. We know these people. If you're listening, go ahead and turn off this show. That's fine. We don't really want to talk to you. I don't mean to be offensive. I mean that honestly, we need to have our tribe and our vibe is our tribe. And those are people that want to be successful, are successful. And in essence, This show is about making you more successful beyond the money. Money's good too, right? We need it to live and to thrive and to have freedom to choose. But we really want people to understand that when you operate unapologetically from a place of integrity and you have that show up at work and with yourself and your own well-being and your family and your friendships and out in your community, then you're in your tribe. So Gary, talk about your tribes. You have probably, I don't know. You have a work tribe, you have a communal tribe, you have a church tribe, you have your family tribe. How does integrity show up for you in all of those spaces and places, would you say? 
Well, and that's a great question too. If we run in lots of different tribes, again, it goes back to making sure we are certainly congruent in our behaviors and congruent in how we treat people. And it is very different depending on how broad your circle is. So um, the work tribe, we clearly know that, you know, my work tribe is my health center and the people that I do business with here and in, in, in and around the community. My family, of course, is, you know, my family, you've met part of my family, but I have a very tight family, tight circle, my three kids and my wife. And, and we and we expand out from that just a tad, but not that much. But I'm no different with them than I am with the people that I work with. And so when I get beyond that, if in church on Sunday mornings, when when I'm an usher uh, about every second or third Sunday, when I'm not off at the beach somewhere, it uh, it's the same way. So what they see on Sunday mornings with me is what they're going to see in the office with me on Monday mornings and, and at home at nights on Monday. The real interesting piece and the challenging piece for me is my softball community at Myrtle Beach. And I, and I think I mentioned to you that I'm very much involved in a, a now we're, gosh, I hate to say this, we're in the 16 over league. So this is great. He's whispering his age, but know. you know what? I don't care. 54, 54, 54. Go guy. ahead, mister. I'm a young guy. But, <laughs> but again, and you know, you got to think about this. You're around a bunch of a bunch of people come from all over the world, all over the well, primarily the country. We have people from all over the world that have meshed together to form this community of sorts. And I, I have to tell you that our, certainly our behaviors all are different. And it's 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 almost like it was 30 or 40 years ago. But I'm the same person there. And I try to always be the same person there. And I think they understand that I still have fun with them on a different level. But again, it's being that same throughout the entire piece so that you don't appear to be somebody different in one circle versus another, or one tribe versus another. Right. And that's, I so, think, something we can all uh, work towards as it, you know, we can all do that. So let's have a tougher conversation because right now this sounds a little too easy for our listeners. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this because sure. some of them are really lost with, they came up with their value. It's kindness, it's integrity, it's respect. Mm-hmm. It's one of those types of words, ideally, you show up on the field. Sports is very competitive. We know, Gary, sir, you are competitive, mm-hmm. okay? And you're in this sort of elite softball group. So for those of you that can't relate to that, think about anything that you're doing, that the stakes are high, you're super passionate about it, you love it, and it's competitive. It doesn't have to be sports. It could be anything in that type of realm. What do you do when another player does not exemplify integrity. It's not congruent. You are, you show up as you, people expect it. And in fact, they know it's true. It's authentic. How do you handle it? What do you do? Well, it's a, it's a very similar approach as I do in the world in which I run my health center, because not everybody has the same value system that I, peers and colleagues across the community and across the country that I work with. And you know, from your days in the corporate world, not everybody's going to have the same values and they're going to push you hard. They're going to challenge you on that. Um, so when, when this happens with me, it's, you know, the first thing I have to make sure it's, it's emotional intelligence. It is not reacting. Um, there was a younger me that would have reacted. I'm very, I'm very, I, I react emotionally at times. And even in the corporate setting, I've done the same thing. I've had to learn from that. When you talk about where you learn your greatest life lessons, fall down and look really bad and then allow yourself to be picked back up and, and allow, and hopefully there's enough grace around you to, that lets you get picked back up. The same thing applies to, you know, I think I've matured a little bit over the years with this whole softball thing, but not everybody on my team has. And so my role there is to try to help them understand that, listen, let's we don't we're not that way. Let's make sure we we walk the talk and 
we model the way for others to look at us and say, you know, we're better than we're bigger than that. And and give people who may be looking on um, the opportunity to see how it, how it should be done, not, you know, how, how it shouldn't be done. And so I approach it that way. And it's not easy because, you know, no one wants to get beat up or pushed around or criticized or diminished in any kind of way. But, you know, I think the key there is being very self-aware, know how you're going to deal with it before it happens. And then that helps you control some of those responses that may want to come out uh, just from a amygdala hijack viewpoint, which means the fight or flight type of thing. Fight or flight. Let's talk about that. So a lot of people know what that is. They are potentially listening to this show and associating, oh, I'm in it right now. So let's talk to people in fight. What is the first thing you do if you go into fight mode? You step back, you check yourself before you wreck yourself. You obviously were implying that. What else do you do, Gary? How do you get other people to to cool it? <laughs> yeah, um, how, how I personally get other people to cool it is yeah. really try to help de-escalate anything that might be in the middle of, especially pulling them out of a situation. Uh, me personally, if it, if I'm in it, you know, I've, I've always taught myself to pause, 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 don't speak, pause. And if need be, walk away, drink a glass of water, take do something that gives your brain a chance to recover. There is a, a statistic out there that says you lose 15 to 20 IQ points right in the midst of that crisis. And so I think about that when I'm dealing with a colleague who may be going through or a friend who may be going through that fight or flight type of thing. And, it, it, you know, if you're not experienced with how to manage it, it, you know, and it's the natural, it's just natural DNA and how people are wired is how we are wired. I just do my best to encourage and really de-escalate and, and try to help the person who I think is in charge take the higher road and maybe move on uh, or maybe move on to something different or try to bring us all around to a shared goal and objective because a lot of these conversations happen in the workplace. When we're fighting over something we really want, we want the same goal, but we're fighting over how to get there. And I see some of those things escalate into personal attacks. Yeah, I've seen this with my own children and raising children. And for those of you that are dealing with, you know, tough parental issues, you may be dealing with a parent and you're on the other side of this equation and you're feeling like, wow, if I would be able to de-escalate or stop it before it starts or move it on from something so heated. Now let's talk about flight because Gary said I might walk away. He doesn't mean flight. Flight and walking away are two different things. He didn't say, I'm going to run like hell. He said, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to pause. I'm going to check myself. So what do you mean for people that are in flight? Can they simply walk away or are they probably already fleeing? (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess I never had it put that way. That's a really (laughs) good way to look at. How do we get them to come back and deal with reality, Gary? Yeah. Well, I always say this about flight. Flight gives you the opportunity to rationalize and put yourself in a much better position to be more successful than maybe the maybe the situation you're dealing with. You get the you get the in the flight it, certainly in the flight um, phase. You get the chance to control the narrative. You get the chance to determine how the, how the story ends or goes on and does better. That's the way I view flight, and that's what I've always tried to help people view. I, that's what I've tried to look at for myself. And not look at it as defeat or I got to get out of here and avoid any situation that gives me any heartburn because, you know, we all know that we're, we're all human beings and, you know, we're, we're wired in a way that nobody's going to say yes to every single thing. And if we're not, if we're expecting that, then we've somehow got off the trail ourselves. So, you know, I always view flight as the opportunity to get gather your thoughts and get yourself in a position to 
you know, to certainly have a better response. Now, if the situation is totally dissolved or gotten to a place where there's just too many toxins, then the flight could be you walk away and you like, you're just going to cut your losses. And yes. I've done that too. I've done that too. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes the- we agree to disagree and that's just what maturity brings. It, it never feels good. Not no, for people no. that are really authentic and trying to find the middle. It never feels good. It kind of feels like, oh, that, that might've been done differently or better. For those of you that are fleeing never to come back, that's not what Gary's talking about. Just so I'm clear, and for you psych majors, don't DM me about this. We know what the amygdala does in the brain, and we understand this is not the lion coming to eat us, and this is not an anthropology discussion. That's another show. We want you to understand that if you walk away to decompress, which is another good strategy by Gary, we want you to boomerang and come back. Maybe not the next minute or even the same day. It may be the next day. You may need to go sleep on it to cool off and come up with a solution. And then we want you to come back and we want you to talk to the person or people you're having the issue or challenge with. And that's how we start to actually raise the way we live, work, and harmonize with each other. If you don't mind, I'd like to really piggyback onto that. Do it. Coming out of COVID, coming out of these two years, we're going to do things a little bit differently as we move forward, but we're still human beings. What I have, what I've noticed more and what I've had to work much harder at is, you know, we hear there's constant talk about burnout, constant talk about being resilient. And a lot of what we see and what I see in the work that I do and the people that I, that I work with is that we there's a lot more flight that's happening and there's a lot less coming back into things. There's a lot more flight happening and we want somebody else to solve it for us. And then that brings in a lot more people into a discussion or it creates more heartburn amongst more people. And then that can also lead to, you know, some lack of harmony, I guess is for better term. So while you take a drink, because we also really recognize when people need a little break on this show and in life, this is a good thing. It happens in real time. Gary needs a sip of water. So while he does that, I'm going to piggyback off of him, which is he's in healthcare, y'all. I want you to understand everyone. Healthcare is the front line and they are burnt out. They were already burnt out when I spoke to them about work-life integration three, four years ago. And mm. COVID, of course, has burned them out even further and So it's easier for them sometimes to just hang it up and say, I'm not doing it anymore. However, what Gary's saying is we have to find a way. We have to find an inroad. There has to be a middle ground. We have to make accommodations for people. We have to be way more understanding than we've ever been before. So if a core value for some of you came up as understanding, I want to remind you, you first want to seek to understand others before you seek yourself to be understood And so often that equation is all backward. And I I don't know why. Ego? I don't know. What do you think, Gary? Oh, gosh. (laughs) You knew ego was coming up. Yeah, it is. And I mean, there's a lot of this to go around, too, because it kind of goes back to who's right and who's wrong or who thinks they're right and who's wrong. But if we could, boy, if everybody could seek to understand before being understood, uh, this world would be a much better place. And there was a lot more listening that goes on. And that's, you know, one of the things that did myself and we talk about how do you, you know, what have I learned over these last two years? I've learned to be a lot more visible with people and listen and do a lot more listening. And I mean, sincere listening, because 
people are hurting. There's a lot of people hurting. And I don't, you know, I think people underestimate who all is hurting because people are hurting that you would never think would hurt. That people who are, you know, I would look to and say, they never have a problem and you don't know what they're going through. And so that's one of the things we've really worked on um, just with our health center. And I, t- I talk about this in our restaurant is, and these folks that work for us are all, you know, either they're in high school or in college, or this is what they've done for their life. It's helping them understand what that customer might be going through because they're not, not treating you the best. Doesn't expect, I don't expect them to take abuse, but to, to take a step back and listen and say, wow, let's understand before, before we seek to be understood. So yeah, there's a lot going on right now that uh, we could probably spend the rest of the day unpacking with that. I want to talk about hurting for a few minutes before we have to wrap. People are hurting. People have been hurting. Do not make an assumption that your healthcare provider, your doctor, your nurse, your phlebotomist, uh, the receptionist that may be checking you in, do not assume they're not hurting because, in fact, they may be hurting even more in some ways because not only do they have their own hurt based on life and what's happening, doing life right now, they're hurting for us. They're providers. They're called providers. So, Gary, what's one way you're helping your healthcare workers with mental health? About a year and a half ago, one of the things that I started back when COVID first started was we started virtual meetings. We started virtual town halls. It was me getting in front of all of our staff every single week, whether I had something to say or whether I did. I just had one today. And so I kept this going. And that has that has that is still attended by over half of our workforce. So it is really it's been fun for me. And so one of the things that we're doing right now is we're highlighting a, an employee because I don't have much. I, you run out of stuff to say, but I'm interviewing. I'm doing what you're doing. I'm interviewing an employee on the front line. I'm giving the rest of the company a chance to hear how what these what these folks go through day in and day out. But about a year and a half ago, we were having a COVID call with my leadership group. We have a director of psychiatry here. And when we think about mental, we have a large mental health group here that works and takes care of people, counselors, therapists, um, psychiatrists. Now, I won't ever forget this. But I made a comment and I probably didn't think I didn't think about it. I said, OK, we've got our employees. They're struggling. And so we have a, one of the more robust mental health practices in town. If we need to, for these folks to work together a little closer, let's not forget about that. My director of psychiatry came on and said, well, what about us? And it hit me. I'm like, wait a minute. What about, what about them? And so immediately, um, that was an aha moment for me, that our mental health people were hurting the same as we were hurting, the same as our patients, the people in the community. We were all hurting together. And I think when I heard that, it made me realize that we went on this extend grace tour. We're like, okay, everybody, we will extend grace. We have to extend grace to each other. We do that first to each other and have a little more patience, have a little more understanding, have a little more caring that's involved when how we talk to each other and how we, you know, how we laugh with each other. Let's not forget to laugh with each other. And let's see each other's faces on the Zoom screen. Um, let's do some of this so we don't forget about who we are as people. And so that was the last time I ever suggested that our mental health, behavioral health group would be the ones that would help save our workforce. <laughs> so there's a very good example of integrity showing up. And I have these sayings or quotes. It's funny to quote yourself. However, I, I pulled one of my sayings today out of my business cards 
behind them, we have these different quotes that I've been working on for maybe six years. And today's happens to say leadership is an action, not a position. Mm. So despite Gary's titles, accomplishments, who he uh, is in terms of on paper as a human being in today's conversation, I just want to share with you that in his impact to lead work, he talks about intention, inspiration, and passion. And you can hear it in his voice. You can experience it in his stories. These are real stories. This is not made for TV. This is not reality radio. So you really do walk the walk and talk the talk. And that's been so important in terms of your own success, wouldn't you say? Yes, Dana. It has been because of without passion. And passion is painful at times. Mm-hmm. If you don't pursue, if you're not pursuing something that you feel passionate about, and you're not willing to endure some pain along with that, then then there's no inspiration there. And I think that's that that has driven me as long as I can remember. And um, that's why I keep doing what I do. That's why my energy level stays pretty high because I think there's always more to do, always more people to help. And when we help other people. That is like an investment because it pays itself back over and over and over and just good tidings and good deeds. And yeah, that's what I like to do. I really wish the listeners could see your face because he's really amped up. He's a high energy guy. He's very motivational. He's very kind. I've seen him in front of a very large group of his staff, hundreds of people. And I've seen him one-on-one having, you know, a cocktail at a bar with me and just talking about what we're doing with our lives and our futures and really being almost like brother and sister to each other over all these years. And now his face has gone from kind of amped and pumped to just really soft and really gentle. So he has this gentle kindness, yet he's still very fierce at the same time. So if you want to be more like Gary and get where Gary's at. There are ways to find him to get some of his great advice. And he's the first to tell you, he will share some of the mistakes he's made and how he's solved for those and how he continues to walk his path with so much grace. Gary, where do they find you? I am at www.impact2lead.com. I'm also out on Facebook, don't ask me the handle on Facebook. We have an Impact the Lead Facebook page. I'm on Twitter, but don't ask me that either. <laughs> my, I have, that's managed by my lovely daughter. So uh, shout I'm, out. <laughs> yes, I'm out there. But you know, I want to say that in closing with you, Dana, uh, and you mentioned about the one-on-one having a cocktail. Uh, you and I sat down. I think back it might have been 2013 or 2014. I can't remember. We were out in California and. The conversation that you and I had that day made me realize how much I appreciated you and and how much wisdom that you had just just in the conversation that you and I had together talking about how we all need a coach. We all need somebody to help encourage along the way. And we have been we've been dear. We were dear friends before that more working friends. But we we became very close colleagues after that. And I really appreciate that. I just want to. Thank you for that. And thank you for pouring into me. And I want to thank you for pouring into our listeners. That is a beautiful way to wrap today's show. You've been poured into, we've gushed goodness into you. We want to hear from you. You can follow us everywhere at Dana Mahina. And if you want to let us know how those values are working or not, we want to hear about it. And we will wrap with our usual Hawaiian 
shout out, which is thank you, thank you, thank you. Mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. And until next time, ahui ho. Hey, listeners, you know I don't typically do an after show. Today is the after show party, and I asked Gary to come back. Instead of wrapping with a quote today, we were just having such a great wrap-up, we didn't ask him for one. And then, of course, naturally, he was giving me some coaching that I needed to hear about whether or not I wanted to actually travel, imagine travel, and go speak at an event. It's been years since I've done that live. And here's what Gary said to me. Go, Gary. We don't get to pick and choose the lives we seek to improve. And if that's not the post-wrap, I don't know what is. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Dana. Well,